What's going on, guys and gals? My name is Chris Tondewald, and this is Ambition Radio. This is a podcast where we try to find people that have found that balance between their life, family, career, and the pursuit of their passions, dreams, or hobbies. This week, we have David Higgins of the Southern Maryland Chronicle, a digital newspaper reporting on everything Southern Maryland. This was a cool conversation as we went over his beginnings with journalism, his focus on digital marketing and search engine optimization, and his eagerness to give back to the community and highlight all the great things that happen right here in Southern Maryland. I'll have all his links in the show notes. Just as a friendly disclaimer, this was one of my first Skype interviews. The audio is pretty solid throughout, but gets a little wonky near the end. As always, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, and subscribe on Google Play or however you get your podcasts. Thank you for everything. Here's the show. Enjoy. First, thanks for finally being able to jump on. I know that we've been talking about this for a while. It's it's obviously been a, a pretty crazy time, right? Uh, yeah, it's past month and a half has just been insane. And I'm sure that you've been busy as ever, right? Yeah, it's it's going nonstop. There's days that I get just a couple hours of sleep and I'm right back up covering something else. Then there's times where there's a big lull, but during that time, I'm trying to catch up on everything that I you know, normally do and haven't been able to. Right, because you have paper, the Southern Maryland Chronicle, and then you also have your SEO stuff too, right? Correct. I do uh, SEO, social media management, website design. That's a whole lot. I've, I have yeah. learned uh, since doing the podcast that that is a very important thing that I am, one, definitely not good at. But two, don't even understand like what any of it means. Yeah, I, I've been in that field for about 12 years now. So uh, it, it kind of works well with what I'm doing. And it, it definitely helps me a lot. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, able to go hand in hand. So is that where you kind of started with digital media for the most part? Is the SEO? and the... I started in journalism when I was in high school. Then I ended up leaving journalism for several years, working in restaurants, bars. And then in, say, 2005 or so, I started messing around with Google sites, okay. making small Google sites, making money with AdSense. That's where I started learning how to do the uh, web design and the SEO. And then I ended up going to college for uh, digital marketing. Okay, I was doing that freelance on my own for a while, co- you know, working for a bunch of different businesses from my home. And then I had an opportunity to work with a local newspaper. And so I got back into the journalism with my social media side. And then uh, I left there just, you know, personal differences Mm -hmm. with what they were putting out. And I felt Southern Maryland needed a better, uh, better quality digital news service. So I started the Chronicle. Sure. And when did you actually start that? Uh, It launched officially in December 2017. Okay. So you're you're going to be three years at the end of this year, correct? Which is coming up still quick this year, even though all this crazy stuff's going on. This year is flying by. Yeah. yeah, it's it's almost May already. So we're we're closing in on that halfway mark, and it's it's going to be a little intimidating once uh, the summer months hit, and we're still possibly dealing with what we're dealing with. Uh, we're going to be dealing with it in some way, shape, or form. But you know, it just just depends on how much that leash is let out right. for us this summer. And I have a feeling the summer is going to go by just as fast because we spent the past month, you know, cooped up. Yeah. So you're, you're going to be wanting to get out and do everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a, a very wild time and uh, it, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. So for you with the, the digital s- stuff already, you know, it's nice to kind of have fully dedicated time to really just do that, I would assume. I know for yeah. for me, it's nice to be at home, not having to actually do my actual job and just do this. <laughs> but you're you're already kind of doing your digital stuff by yourself. You know, you have your the Southern Maryland Chronicle, you have the SEO, you have the the digital marketing, but now you're contending with your kids too. And all the nonsense that happens with that, right? Yes. It, dealing with the homeschooling also of, of a five and a seven-year-old. It's actually, their stuff's kind of straightforward. They do a lot of stuff um, through their iPads. Okay. Um, and I, I just kind of help here and there. So they're not into the you know, common core math yet or doing some of the bigger things. You know, it, As you start getting into middle school and stuff like that, they're still learning letters and sounds and 
you know, learning to count and things like that. So it's a little bit easier, but it does make for a, a difficult and challenging time trying to make sure that they're being taken care of. And then, you know, the news, the news happens, not when you want it to, it happens when it was ready. Right. To. Right. That is something that I think, uh, is one of the, the hardest professions, especially if you're doing it by yourself. Cause I, I don't think that you have a whole lot of writers on your staff, right? No, I have a couple people that give me, um, standard articles like our, our sip and bite every week, which is restaurant mm-hmm. reviews. And then some people submit some stuff on some animals that are at the tri-county shelter. I've had some people come on. They just didn't work out. Sure. You know, but I, I predominantly do this by myself right now. Which is wild, especially for your paper. It's basically gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Because like what you were kind of saying, there wasn't a, a nice, good, stable digital paper, digital source of news in this area. Right. You have one site that predominantly covers accidents, crime, fires, and then you had the one that I used to work for that used to be really good, but they just kind of gone downhill. Yeah, I, I cover everything. I don't sit and dwell on the fires and the accidents as soon as they happen. If they're newsworthy, they go up. The majority of the time, I wait for the information to get processed through the either the office of the fire marshal or through the courts or whatever, you know, and then if it's newsworthy, I bring it up, but I'm not out there with every fender bender. I'm not out there for every fire call. There's just so much news that pertains to Southern Maryland and Maryland in general that would pertain to Southern Maryland. I don't have time to be an ambulance chaser. Yeah. If anybody's seen the movie Nightcrawler, which I don't know if you've seen that, but that's, Uh, it sounds familiar. That's with Jake Gyllenhaal. And that is that, that ambulance chaser. You know, they're they're videotaping yeah. like the the they're trying to be the first on the scene to be right. the the also the the most gory sometimes because that gets more clicks here and there and like the most salacious right. or whatever. It is a wild movie because it is all about that life. But I can't imagine if you're trying to do the overall paper, everything that's going, that you'd be able to even have time to like what you were saying chase that stuff and look for those leads. I I can't do that. You know, I mean, I I pay attention to what's going on. I have a lot of people that send me information and I kind of have to decide. I listen to the scanners. I look at CAD. I do have people that connections that work in rescue squad, police department, things like that. No, they'll throw me a bone. um, If something major has happened or something that needs to turn my attention to but uh, I, I just kind of keep my ear to the ground. If something's going on, I'll turn my attention to it if it needs to be. Otherwise, I'll just you know stay in the back of my mind that I need to check on this at a later point. Gotcha. When you started the paper, were there contacts that you had just built up since your journalism time all the way back in high school that you were starting to use? Yes. People that I've known for years, people that I've known for months, people that I was just meeting. Your contacts come from everywhere. You never know what somebody's going to be able to offer you or when they're going to be able to offer it to you. Yeah. And did you have kind of an idea of what you wanted the paper to be? I have an idea of what I want the paper to be, and it's nowhere near what I want it to be yet. That's usually kind of how it goes when you're, you're trying to do it by yourself, right? Yes. It's it's all built being built in phases. Certain things have to happen. You know, got got to have certain certain amount of readers or, you know, generalization of readers. There's got to be a certain amount of revenue coming in for certain things to happen. Sure. Um, I've, I've got plans to do, you know, I'm, I'm very big into the Southern Maryland local music scene, a lot of friends in it. I want to make the entertainment section of the paper more Rolling Stone-esque. Okay. Okay. Um, where, you know, there's lots of, lots of articles on the venues, the artists themselves, the music businesses that are in the area, being able to do some, uh, live video with them, you know, working with the gurus, yeah. the Southern Maryland guitar gurus to do things like that. I have a plan for a Southern Maryland local music radio station where all it is is local music, unsigned artists from the area, you know, mixed in with your daily news. There's some, you know, kind of, I don't want to say television spots because they would be digital, but things like that to deal with Southern Maryland life. Right. But all of that has to come in in stages once certain things are already happening. You know, once there's staff, once there's revenue, once there's a certain amount of readership. Gotcha. So when you're looking at launching this chronicle, what things are you trying to make sure that you're set up for based off of what you learned with your digital marketing? Like, are you are you looking for specific steps to take to make sure that this launch is as 
flawless and smooth as possible and you're able to gain that traction right away? Uh, no launch is ever going to be smooth. <laughs> you can sit and plan for everything and think you've crossed all your uh, uh, T's and dotted your I's, but there's always going to be something that that's going to be missed because it you're dealing with human nature. Right. So it's it's got to be did it catch the right people at the right time? You know, was this a, you know, when I put something out on social media, like my articles, I have to think, okay, is this going to be a busy time of the day to put this article out or do I save it for a different time? With news articles, you have that luxury unless it's something breaking. Sure. But a lot of the articles that you put up there, you know, you, you scheduled them from the night before or that morning. And you can say, well, I'm going to save this one for the evening. I'm going to put this one up in the middle of the day when it's a little bit slower because I know this bigger article will gain a lot of traction. I'm not going to waste it in the middle of the day. Sure. Um, and it's the same thing when it comes to adding on new things with it. You know, the Sip and Bite articles that does the restaurants, we've played around with a couple different days to determine where the best time to put this mm -hmm. in was so that it did get the most traction. Um, the same thing with the pets. So it's just you have to play around with a lot of things. You got to do a lot of testing. Gotcha. Okay. With you being a digital media, when you're getting these news sources and these leads, do you find that it's actually easier rather than doing traditional print and traditional journalism? It's 10 times easier um, because a lot of times things are already being put out. As we know, everything on social media, you have to take it with a right, grain of salt. Right. But a lot of times there is some truth to it. And you can take that and you can run with it until you can find that verifiable proof or find the whole story behind it. So there's a lot of kind of like snooping, basically yeah. doing searches. And then, you know, if, if you were a traditional paper, major story happens today, you've got to wait till tomorrow or the night edition. With this, it can go up right now. I have the article written or started, and it's already on social media going out to people. It's already on the site. Gotcha. So it, it makes it a lot easier to update stuff because, you know, it's, I covered um, the Black Hawk helicopter crash in Brenton okay. Bay yeah. several years ago. Uh, we had a reporter at the scene, and I was at the office speaking directly to her with what was going on, typing up and doing all the updates. Now, if that were traditional media, traditional print media, all of that stuff would have been done, sent to an editor and either gone out in the night or morning edition. Whereas we were getting that stuff in real time and it was going back out to the public in real yeah. time. Do you feel like your articles are vetted to the, the max? Because there is that time, there's that time, um, not time limit, but that time sensitive, right? That breaking news and stuff like that with, with you, because you've been in journalism for a little bit. So, you know, also probably know how to edit, right? You also know how to make mm -hmm. sure that those articles are going to be scrutinized because you know that it's a digital media, right? Like what you were talking about. You know that you're going to get hit on something. You make a mistake. You spell a word wrong. You use the wrong, uh, you know, if you do the difference between effect and effect, yeah. with an A and an E, people will catch you on it. You forget a period. You spell a word wrong. They're going to sit there and blast you on it. We're humans. We're going to make mistakes. It's not always about rushing. You know, when you're sitting there looking at an article, your mind is seeing what you want it to see right. a lot of times. But when it comes to vetting article, vetting articles, vetting information, I don't put anything on my paper that I can't have verifiable proof from from at least two different sources. Gotcha. So if it's coming from maybe an individual involved and the sheriff's office or you know the fire department and the fire marshal's office, that's my goal right there. So anything that I need proof on, it's coming from at least two on-the-record sources. Excellent. That's one of the things that I, I always kind of worry about when it comes to digital stuff, right? You know, when, when we think about journalism and we think about newspapers and we think about like even TV, we, we always think about there's, there's always like multiple people looking at these stories, looking at this information, trying to gather all the, the sources. When you're a one-man wrecking crew, when it comes to that, and you're the, the end-all be-all process... I think that if if you're working with integrity, which you are, that's even more important for you to make sure that no one can actually come for you, right? No one can can right. say, "Oh, this is all fake news." This is you're you're right. being you're trying to be as established and relevant and it, important. It's just like any other journalist. You're building up your credibility. Yeah. 
the site can have its own credibility, but the writer needs to have its own credibility also. And it just it goes a long way in the community if they know it doesn't matter whether you're writing a story about schools or you're writing stories about a helicopter crash in a golf course. If they don't believe you, they're not going to believe yeah. you. And a lot of times when you lose that credibility, you do not get it back. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's something something that you talk about with just being like a, a good person, right? That when mm-hmm. you're having these interactions, whether they're business, personal or whatever, you know, if you lose that sense of credibility, your your career could be shot because no one really believes you, right? Right. So right. for you, it's it's an even bigger thing to where not only not only do I have to like work within this brave new world of digital media that anybody can post anything, but I have to then make sure that everybody's coming to a source or coming to me as a source of like the truth and honesty, right? Right. You got you got to stay unbiased. Right. That's one of the biggest things today in journalism that everybody hates is you're they're either right leaning or left leaning. Uh, it's very hard to find just central right down the middle tell it how it is news without someone interjecting their opinion or without like even coming off like a robot, right? Like you're right. you can either literally just do police reports all day if you want to, right? Or press releases from mm-hmm. from them or you can actually write an article. Like there, there's got to be right. something in the middle to where it, it doesn't have that skew in there. It doesn't have that spin to it that everybody's kind of worried about. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're getting a press release, you're getting it from that that organization, that company, that government department, and they're putting their own spin in. Yeah. So, you know, there's times, I mean, I, I do a mix of both. I do put out a lot of press releases, but I also put out, write up my own stuff. It's how I'm able to put out a lot of news. But at times I'll take press releases and I'll rewrite them myself. Gotcha, okay. I'll use them as a I use them as a guide, and you got you got to do a mix. Gotcha. Do you feel like you're able to do more just because of the the climate that we're in when it comes to digital resources? Because when you look at it, you can be physically removed from an area, but still have as much communication and as much um, kind of touch into the pulse of everything that's happening, no matter where you're at. It also helps is. I can do interviews with anybody. Right. I hop right on Skype. I don't have to travel. We don't have to worry about, you know, what time our schedules mesh up mesh up. I have friends out there that are photographers. They'll be out there doing something and something happens, they'll send me pictures immediately. I don't have to wait for them to come back to an office and download them or, you know, scan them or whatever. Everything can happen instantaneously. I can be anywhere. I could be on a beach in Brazil and still be able to do. <laughs> I would imagine too, because you're you're still not even fully in your third year. You're never really going to be able to take a break or go on vacation, really, coming up at anytime soon. I, yet, I don't have a plan to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's not in the cards right now. I know what this paper can become. I know what the other things that I have going on can become. So that's that's the whole idea is just to you know go headstrong into it. And just keep building it. There will be a time when I I'll have my time to relax. <laughs> I hope so. That's what I was just thinking about. Like when you're when you're just by yourself and you're not, like I said, you're not even three years into it, and news doesn't stop. Like what we we're talking about, we it doesn't. There's no proactive stuff that you can really do. It's all reactionary. You're yep. all waiting for something. Yep. I I don't t- I don't have any days off. Yeah. Yeah. I I try and I'll try and put you know some stuff up on the weekends and I'll keep my ear to the ground in case something's happening. Um, but I try and take my little bit of time here and there, you know? Yeah. How does, how does that balance out for you? Cause I, I, I feel like that's a, probably a harder thing. Cause you have, like I said, you have a whole, you have your kids right now. You have a whole family pretty much at the moment. Does, does your, does your significant other really understand and be able to support that? And is that something that you really take to heart and, you know, are able to run with everything. She she's right there supporting me one hundred percent. She knows that you know if, if I jump up and have to do something, she knows that it's it's important and needs to be done. It's there hasn't been a time that it's really taken away from anything because I do try and take those moments when I know yeah. that there's I have the time. But she knows that when it if I jump up from my seat, I'm going to take a phone call or I'm jumping to my computer. That something major gotcha. is going on. So with the the digital marketing and then just overall, because you've been an independent person as far as work for a while, you were working, even a journalist is 
basically independent for the most part, right? You have some deadlines here and there, but you're not working a normal nine to five, right? No, you're not working a normal nine to five. So for you, that structure that you developed by yourself, do you have any things that you try to learn specifically to kind of keep focused and keep everything on pace? There's things you can do to a certain extent, but in this field, you never know what's going to happen. I could have an extremely quiet morning and then the afternoon's just blown to pieces. So it's not like I can set myself up a schedule of do this, do that. Whereas like if you had a normal work from home job, you could do something like that. It's You can't plan out a day too much because you never know when something is going to happen. Yeah. But I, I try and just, I try and keep myself organized enough that when something happens, it's not going to blow my entire day up. I know for, for me, it's, it's been a very, very rough thing because I'm used to going to a place to work, right? So I'm used to just being able to like forget everything and focus on what I'm doing. Now that I'm at home, I have so many distractions. Like there, there's so much that I, I can do rather than actually edit the, the episodes that I have or work on the actual like work from home stuff or anything. And it is something that I, I struggle with on a daily basis is to make sure that I can like stay structured, stay focused and stay committed to it. It can happen. You know, I, I, for me, after a while of being working from home, uh, the distractions got less and less. But I also do like to step away from what I'm doing. Like I'll step away. I record, I DVR a lot gotcha. of shows. Okay. So I'll step away, you know, Monday morning, I'll get my stuff done and then step away and watch an episode of The Walking Dead. So I'm not, it's not constantly work, 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 work. There's stepping away during the day. So I think that helps with making the distractions less. Yeah. And that helps from uh, saving you from burnout too, right? Yes. Because if I sat in front of my computer for 12 hours a day, I would be nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I, I can only imagine the way that you are presenting the paper and using your digital marketing skills for that. You have that whole... SEO background, you have everything that you went to school for. What are some of the things that you implement when it comes to trying to gain more audience traction or anything for the paper, more visibility? You're about two and a half years old with the paper, right? Mm -hmm. So when we look at that, you're actually still a really visible and really important piece of the media down here, I feel like. So were you using some of those skills to try to gain a little bit more of an advantage and visibility when it comes to the, the digital side of it? Yeah, I, I come from the website background also, so I built this site from scratch. Okay. Normally, when you hire someone to build your site, they build your site, and then you've got to hire someone else to do the SEO. Right. Well, I have both backgrounds, so when I built it, it was already built into it. Okay. Um, and the SEO is constant with it. it. All the technical stuff, I'm constantly optimizing the site because I'm constantly adding to it. Um, I'm constantly looking, how can I get that, that extra tenth of a second in speed? Um, how can I make sure that you know, these images are optimized properly so they're not taking up too much space? Um, I'm in Google News. I'm in Newsbreak app. I'm in News 360. So I'm, my stuff is getting pushed around um, outside of just social media. So that helps. And then, you know, just making sure that the articles themselves are presented, not just with the way they're written, but they look good. Yeah. Using the proper images. Images tell a thousand words. So it has to be something that's going to catch your eye. So it's a, it's a big circle of everything together that works. And, you know, it's, it's constant. Like I said, you constantly have to, it's not just set the SEO and you're done. Right. It's constantly looking at it. And SEO is constantly evolving. Web design is constantly evolving, so I have to look at the little things and see, you know, is there something here I can change? So when you got out of school for digital marketing, when when was that? 2012 and 2014. Okay. So that was right when we started with a lot of smartphones. A lot of a lot of that handheld stuff, right? Yeah, when more, when it became more available to people. Yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of what I'm I'm thinking of because you you hit the point that I was going to make is that not only has search engine optimization been a, a big thing, but so has the appearance of everything. My biggest pet peeve is if I go to a news site 
and it is so hard to understand what is going on. There could be a huge right. block of text and pictures everywhere. Now I don't even want to read the article. Mm -hmm. So when you're actually designing it and looking at it, that's got to be something that you think about. You've got to look at the how your site's going to look on mobile. You got to look how it's going to look on a tablet. You got to look how it's going to look on a browser. And you've got 30, 40 different you know, search engines. You've got multiple different sized phones. You have multiple different sized tablets. You have to look at every single one of those and determine what you need to do. And a lot of times you have to make, quote unquote, a different website for each one. Yeah. Your mobile website is not the same as your browser website. Right. Everything has to be scaled. Yeah. A lot of a lot of musicians have started doing where their main site is just kind of a mobile blown up. Right. It makes it to where once they go onto the phone, it's good because that's where a lot of the consumption is, right? Right. Yeah. So that's where... A, a lot of the media consumption, a lot of, you know, people read on the phones, people look for news on the phones, you know, a lot of them even watch movies on a phone, right? That they're going, they're going from those big theaters to now you're looking at a six inch screen and that's really about it. Right. When, when they do that, that's, that's always something that I think about when, when I launched my show, my biggest thing was trying to figure out how to make sure that the presentation was always good. Because I want good audio and then I want a good presentation when right. someone tries to consume it, right? Right. And that's that's always something that, that kind of irks me when it's not done right. And I think that I see that more in news than anything else. Right. You have the people that have so many clicks to a website and they're trying to capitalize that capitalize on that too with all the advertising. But that advertising is just all over the place. The images are all over the place. That, that's one thing that I, from the very beginning, I did not want was a ton of advertising. I have Facebook advertising from when you're, you know, if you go on the, click on an article and it's on Facebook, the instant articles, they have their own advertising in there. And then if you're on the website, I got some Google AdSense, but I do not have 30, 40 ads per page. I think that's <laughs> ridiculous. I hate pop-up ads. Like, right. You know, when you click on an article and you're about to read it and then an ad pops up. I, I can't stand that stuff. Yeah, it's the so, worst. You know, there, I, I do what I can to, you know, have the revenue from it. But at the same time, I don't want people getting pissed off because they got to click through 50 ads just to get to the article. Right. And for you, you want to keep this basically a free and open paper, right? Right. I do not want to make it a paywall site. That is also one of the things that irritates me is that you see this this headline Right, and you're like, oh, I I want to learn more about this, but now I have to do a, a five dollar a month subscription for this. I don't want to do this. Right. right. Well, they put it on social media, and you know, it's got a little blurb about it. You click on it to read it, and then it goes, oh, you have to, you know, sign up for a subscription. Yeah. <laughs> you've already read your two free articles this month. What are you talking about? I've never clicked on your site before. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's interesting because that. You know, the the ad revenue, especially when you're a digital paper like this, that's got to be your main source of revenue, right? Pretty much your only source of revenue. Yeah. I have the several different things going on because when I have, like, my goal is to have, I don't want to have Google ads since I don't want to have Facebook ads. I want to have local advertisers. You know, as a local advertiser, there's a lot of them out there that need social media management. They need websites. Yeah. They need artwork made. So, you know, in, in the newspaper, you have a graphic artist. So you would be able to do graphic arts for businesses. With my SEO and social media background, I would be able to handle their work. I'm also starting a printing business. Okay. So that would be another avenue for people who are advertising. They need flyers. They need, you know, letterhead. They need signage. It's all, it, it all becomes a one-stop shop because everything works together. Right. There's all, all, all these different pieces can still connect. And have you ever like saw yourself doing anything else outside of what you're doing now? Because it sounds like you started journalism in high school and you have just kind of gone through with everything, right? Yeah. I, for the longest time, I thought I was going to own my own restaurant. Okay. When, once I got into digital marketing, I, I was only, I bartended here and there as a you know, special guest bartender when I was needed. Um, but then I got into digital marketing and that's what I've wanted to do. So it's, it's just, you know, the falling back into the journalism just happened to be a cold email that got me the job. It wasn't planned. 
I was looking more to handle their social media than anything. Um, <laughs> and it just fell back into this and, you know, it's turned into everything else. So I don't see myself doing anything else besides what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it's as much blood, sweat and tears as I've put into this so far. I don't want to stop. Right. And that, cause that's the feeling that I get is that you're, you're putting in so much work into this. You want it to succeed as much as possible, right? Right. It sounds like you have most of the tools for that to happen too, just as long as you keep like a measured approach and measured expectations on how everything works and, and is kind of outlined, right? Right. Got to be smart about it. I can't, can't start growing it too big and not have the resources there to continue it or to put out the best product forward. I, I really, really like that. And you have the, this bigger vision of impacting the community as a whole. So we talked about music. We talked about all these other styles of, of articles that are going to go into the paper eventually, right? Mm -hmm. So what what has driven yourself to music and trying to give back to the community more than anything else? I have tons of friends that are in the music community. When this was coming into my head, it was how can I help them more? Sure. There's you know they're they're out there. A lot of them starting out or they, you know, they're playing dozens of gigs. They still have full-time jobs, but they don't make a ton of money and they're doing it because they love it. Right. But they're not getting the recognition that they need to. A lot of them don't have the money to build full websites. They're just doing what they can to get by. And, you know, this was some way I, I know how big music is in Southern Maryland. So this was just some small way of, of giving them a voice that could be heard all through the, the region. Yeah. It's something for me that I, I've always wanted, and I'm really happy to be able to do what I'm doing now with the podcast. Uh -huh. I used to do local original shows, so I did that from about 2006 to around 2014. 2014 was, was really my last show for the most part, and that was always something where that was kind of my own musical outlet. That was my own artistic outlet, right? And now that I haven't done that in such a long time, being able to reconnect and try to push out those people's stories, kind of like what you're talking about, that's really important to me. Right. And trying to get a little bit more of, you know, spotlight of what is happening because there is tons of stuff that's happening, which I, I think that you see more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, you have your, your ear to the ground and you're on the pulse of everything that, that is kind of newsworthy. And then also the other side of that, you know, the daily life, mm -hmm. all the, all the little stuff that's happening. Cause there's so much local goodness that's happening. There's all the music, right. there's all the, the local restaurants. Cause we have tons of them. Right. And then right. there's that, that brimming art community that that's starting to become even more and more prevalent now too. Yes. Yeah, so in Southern Maryland, the art community is even just from the time that I've been doing the Chronicle, seeing it grow yeah, and what it's becoming now. So it's it's nice, you know. I'm in conversation a lot with Leonardtown, uh, St. Mary's County Arts Council. Mm -hmm. You know, they send me a lot of stuff to put out. I do an artist spotlight every week, so it's it's nice to be able to do that stuff because the news just isn't all blood and gore. Right, right. You know, there's a there's a lot more that goes on in the community than that, and that that's a story that needs to be told for sure. Now, when when you're looking at the the future of what you want this to be. What are some of the, the goals that you have in place? Because it sounds like you have it kind of mapped out for the most part, right? An outline. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to be able to employ you know, a good amount of people. I mean, not, not hundreds of people. I'm not going to be that big. Uh, but you know, I'd like to be able to employ a good amount of people. I'd like to be able to give back to the high schools and colleges by having interns that could learn this so that they can, you know, they can either do it in their local community um, or if they have a you know a passion to go into journalism or digital marketing, that way they're you know they're kind of learning from a successful organization and can translate it into going into their future. You know, just being able to do what I can to not only cover just the you know the big things going on, but like I said, the wonderful things going on in the community. Yeah, that that's the whole goal is you know, no matter how big it gets or even if it just stays like it is, but to be able to cover all those different aspects. Now, do you find yourself becoming more regional or staying local? I, I stay to Southern Maryland. Like I said, I do cover some some Maryland stuff that if, if it affects Southern Maryland, it gets covered. But your goal is to stay um, within within the Tri-County, right? Right. I like that. I, I think there's there's a very huge untapped potential 
down here. There's so much that goes on and it's not covered fully by any one entity. Right. And there's, there's even like big time athletes. There's, um, uh, a fighter, Tara Graf, I think her name is that got signed by Bellator. You know, that's okay. the, the second leading company in MMA and she's just right down in Charles County. So right. there's, there's a big thing. Um, I think she's fighting out of, uh, Royal Martial Arts and Waldorf, but there's, there's stuff like that. There's, there's stuff like Philip Parsons that, that is doing great stuff. You have Sam Grow, all these people that are from this area. And then on top of that, all the little pockets of original music and original art that's still happening. Right. Right. So, and that, that's why I think it, it's definitely really important. And I like the fact that you're staying still within that area because I believe that the, the Tri-County area, especially, it has nothing to do but grow and grow and grow. Right. And, and it, it can grow and grow and grow, but it still has the story of its past that's largely untold. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have your bits and pieces here and there, but there's still so much that can be told. Is that something that you think about and something that you want to do with the paper, too, is, is try to dip into the past? Yes. I'm going to be working with a Southern Maryland uh, genealogy group. And we're coming up with a way that we can incorporate that into the news so that there would be basically a, uh, a genealogy section of the site. Like on this day in history or something? No, like actual okay. research, census records, images, family trees, things like that. And you could actually come to the site and see the history of Southern America. That would be actually really, really cool because there's also a bunch of folklore and all that stuff down there too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's that's amazing. Okay, uh, that actually gets me really excited because there's there's <laughs> the point lookout where we talk about civil war and, and the ghost and all that stuff, but right. there's there's a bunch of history. I mean, even St. Mary's City being uh, the first capital of Maryland and, and one of the first uh, little colony cities. You know, that's we right. we talk about it as far as when you're in school, you need to go visit this, these historical places, right? But it's not, right. it's not anything right. that you really think about. And it doesn't carry a whole lot of weight until you're just finally older and be like, oh yeah, that is actually really cool. Right. I'm not just a little pissant teenager that wants to just look at my phone all day. Go on a field trip. Right. <laughs> you, know, you, you, start, you start to realize the importance of it. Of the of these sites that are all over Southern Maryland, not just in St. Mary's County, but you know in Calvert, in Charles, um, even in you know Southern PG and Southern Anne Arundel, which they're sometimes considered Southern Maryland, depending on yeah. who you talk to. But there's there's just so much history. Right now, did you grow up here too? Yes. Okay. Yes, my my family moved from Bryan's Road. I was born and lived in Bryan's Road and moved to St. Mary's County in 1987, I believe it was. Oh, that's when I was born. So that's good. <laughs> uh, so that that's cool, though, because I mean I've seen the county grow exponentially since about two thousand three, and that was that was when I think the Target was built, if I remember right. Like that that little strip. So it went from you know trees and a three lane and a two lane highway to what it is now, which is a, a little monster. Every time, so I I live in La Plata now. And every time I go back down to St. Mary's, it's something new is popping up. And it's, it's a lot for me. I, I was gone for about 12 years. And when I left, it was that two-lane highway with nothing but woods. And when yeah. I came back, it was like, what is this place? <laughs> it's crazy. It's the, the amount of growth that you have in what you think is still like a little county. Right. Like when, when you're from there, you don't think that there's a whole lot that's happening. And there's there's still there's so much development. There's so many more families because the the base is always going to be there. Right. That R and D is always going to be there, and we're still commuting distance to DC. And those jobs are never going to go away. You got a ton of federal government jobs. You got St. Mary's County has become a huge technology corridor. You got the College of Southern Maryland, which is just growing exponentially. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you have a lot going on. There's going to be there's a lot of people who prefer to come and live that that work in that D.C. area who prefer to live in the Southern Maryland area because it's you know it's more it's not country really anymore except for, you know in certain areas but it's quieter 
than living in the suburbs of PG County or Montgomery County. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of in the middle, right? So you can you can still see the stars without having to hear all the the sirens and the car alarms going off. Right. I mean, that's how I always think about it. it you can still, you know, an hour commute isn't too bad. No. I, I did that for a long time. It, it's it's not too bad. You put a music and your podcast in and you're good to go. Traffic still sucks. That is definitely still a thing that sucks. Yeah. The traffic in this area definitely sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is definitely not not great. And I, hopefully they're going to, you know, get it together. But I, I haven't figured I, that out yet. I, I unfortunately don't have to deal with that commute. So... <laughs> with uh with your background in digital marketing seo and your passion for music and getting people's stories out have you thought about trying to do like workshops for these guys because you were talking about how they don't even know really how to capitalize on websites and capitalize on social media it's definitely one thing that i've thought about doing um it's just finding the time to do it yeah yeah. I've wanted to do it for small businesses. Okay. There's small businesses that don't do not understand how to use SEO. They do not understand how to do social media marketing. Yeah, they barely understand Facebook. Right. So, you know, it's definitely something I've thought about. It's just actually finding the time to sit down and get it all together and then getting it out there. Yeah, cuz you would have to really step back from the paper to focus on that, right? I would have to have more people doing other things rather than me doing the constant all the time stuff. Yeah. It'd be fine if I was overseeing it and you know basically just doing the role of the editor, but having to be able to be there to schedule the stories, to do the interviews, to write the articles, you know, that's there's just not enough time in the day. When you're looking for for lack of a better word talent for the the paper and writers for the paper, do you find that some writers are more hesitant because it is a digital platform and not a traditional journalism? Uh, paper. I have not seen that yet. Okay, I have not seen it yet. That's that's something that I I have thought about because when journalism as a whole, paper, paper papers, actual actual paper, newspapers, you know, there's there's such a, a big tradition in it, and it is, is such a big history in it that I don't know right. if that means anything to the writers that are 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 still out there that are trying to either keep their jobs or keep doing what they like to do. A lot of those traditional new papers have also gone digital. Yeah. The journalism world is changing in terms of the old guard, new guard. There's a lot more younger writers so that they, they've grown up in this, in this digital world. So yeah, you still have the writers out there who do not like digital. They want to just do print and they, you know, they'll have the problems with it. But I think for the most part, the majority of writers are familiar with digital. They're not looking back. You know, they're already typing their stories on a computer to begin with. Right, right. They're not. They're not having an old school typewriter, right? Right. You know, email is such a big thing. Being in contact, text messaging, being able to get that kind of immediate answer, that immediate gratification about what yep. is going on, has got to be a, a big part of this too, right? Correct. Cool. All right. So when you look at it, we we have talked about. You wanting to do kind of like a Rolling Stone style. We've talked about basically you wanting to do kind of, I guess, your own YouTube, right? Like your own YouTube channel. Yeah. And then you you talked about trying to make sure you have genealogy and the full history of St. Mary's. Uh, on top of the fact that you're still doing the regular news and then you're still doing the digital marketing. Those are really big projects, so do you have an idea of what you want to prioritize or what you want to kind of get done first? Well, the, the first thing is just getting the paper and getting getting the paper to the point where I can have more people working with me. Okay. So it, it's it's still all about just building up the readership, building up the revenue. I can get the little things here and there to start, you know, I can still start you know, if I have somebody who has a music background come and work for me, mm-hmm. they can start doing those musical art- articles, and it starts building that. You know, if I have someone that comes from a uh, a digital background, they can start helping putting together some videos to build those little things up. It's it's kind of what presents itself at the time, but the whole concept is always going to be to build the readership up and build revenue because nothing else can be built without that. Is that something where you f- you found that it is better to be flexible than try to figure out what 
I want to do as far as one, two, three, I can then move my, my three to two or whatever, right? You can't, you can't say it has to be one, two, three, four. You got to be flexible in what happens because in today's world, you know, one day, let's just say in terms of money, one day, number one could cost X amount of dollars and number two costs 10 times more. And then three days later, the whole thing switches. You know, one day you have this writer comes in and it's what you need. And then two days later, you think you're going to be able to do this, but you can't do it. Right. You have to be willing to be flexible and look at all your options when they present themselves. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I have noticed is that even even though right now everybody is kind of stuck mostly at home or, or you know, they're they're very restricted. You're looking at advertisers for digital outlets. You look at advertisers for podcasts. A lot of them are going back to TV and like traditional forms of media for the advertising revenue because they know that that's definitely going to be a part of it, right? They're they're right. thinking that podcasts are going to be the next big thing, but they're just not quite there yet. So when like what you're talking about, at a drop of a hat, things can change. So that flexibility of their... Right. Digital marketing, people still aren't sure how well it presents itself. You know, if you, you, know, if you print a half-page ad in a newspaper and it has a circulation of you know, 300,000 people, you know that's what you're getting. When you have an ad on a website, yeah, I might get 1.3 million views today, but how many people actually saw the site? You can tell how many clicked on it, but how many people actually saw it didn't click on it, but saved it for another time. You know, it's still hard to quantify to a lot of people sometimes. That makes sense because there's not a real hard conversion rate, right? There's not a real hard, hey, you know, this is this person visited my site for this article. This person clicked on your advertisement for this. This person bought it with my code or with my, you know, link because you can basically trail it from the beginning source to to the end, right? Right. Okay. With that, you can't, yeah, if, if there's a click and all that, that stuff, but you can't tell, you know, you might go to the site and there's an ad right there at the top. Well, it counts as an impression, but you may not have seen it. Your eyes may have been looking at something else on the page. Yeah. <laughs> so you really didn't see the ad, but it's, you know, it's still an impression. So when you're looking at it, like a, a newspaper, like what you're talking about with the, the circulation in there, right? That that's your guaranteed kind of viewership, I guess, for it. Like someone's going to see that, right? Right. But right. I don't know. I, I feel like that's even more of a risk than digital marketing because if you're if you're advertising on a website, you can get hundreds of thousands more views than you can just on that one circulation of a, a paper, can't you? Yeah. You can also get that click right away where they go by. Yeah. You can't do that with a traditional newspaper. So it's it's just something that's taken time for a lot of people who deal in advertising to evolve to. Okay. And to get the to get the businesses involved to it also. Yeah. I guess if you're if you're a newer advertiser or maybe a newer company that's hip to some of the technology that's out now, maybe it makes more sense because that's kind of you know the generational gap almost, right? So the ones that yeah. embrace technology versus the ones that are still hesitant. I feel like that's probably still a thing, right? There's still a lot of businesses that you know they don't want they don't want to touch Facebook. Yeah. Even though it's one of the big ways to reach customers. Yeah, and or they don't know how to use Instagram. There's still a lot of people that they say they don't have time to to monitor it. So they just don't deal with it, period. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. So that they, they're just scared of it. I think that's what it really is. There's there's so much potential there, but they I don't know. I I think that's the same thing with, you know, people that are finally getting an iPad or are finally getting a smartphone. You know, they're they're just like, okay, yeah, I, I guess I have to actually do this for work. I have to actually have access to my emails and all this other stuff. You have to embrace it. It's going to happen. Right. I feel like the ones that are still holding off are going to shoot themselves in the foot here shortly. So for you, what what's some maybe some advice that you can give to people that are thinking about going into more the the digital realm with that? If you're looking at going into the digital marketing like I did, the biggest thing I can tell you is don't expect to ever become an expert. Experts know everything. Um, and in digital marketing, SEO, that kind of stuff, you're never going to know everything because it's constantly evolving. 
Um, look out for anybody that calls themselves an expert. <laughs> they, you can't be. You're constantly going to be learning. What works today may not work tomorrow. Right. Do you even feel like the the school that you went to even matters at this point? It, it helped. It helped build a nice foundation. Um, you get you get the you get the strong basics, and then you, you built off that. You know, I, I built some strong connections through that, and those connections led me to other people who kind of took me in, mentors, and was able to build. You know, they connected me with people they knew, so I was able to learn from some of the best in the country. Gotcha. It's it's a foundation. You know, you got to have a foundation before anything. Yeah, because like what you were talking about, you know, it changes so quickly. I always wonder about that when it comes to new stuff like this, whether or not you still feel like the investments that you put in in the past are worth it. You know, if you can network with people, if you can build off of that foundation, that's that's great. That's fantastic. You still have to understand the past to know where it's at today and why it's the way it is. Hence the genealogy, right? The Yeah. I like it. What do you think is one thing that you have learned most about yourself while pursuing everything that you're doing now? I can really, really multitask. You can really multitask? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's... Uh, it's, I, I never knew I could juggle so many things at one time and keep them organized. Do you have any advice for that? Because I feel like that's one big thing that everybody struggles with. They can't do two or three things at once. I honestly, I don't know how I do it a lot of times. <laughs> There's so many times my head's ready to explode with everything I got to do, but somehow it's, I managed to just sift through everything and get it done. It comes with practice, I guess, is the best you can say. Start with a couple of things at a time. And then as, as you get better with it, just keep growing. Gotcha. I like that. What do you think keeps you motivated to continue to, to pursue this and, and to continue to try to drive the success of your paper and of your digital marketing and of everything? Because you have really big ideas and really big goals for what you want to do. It's what drives me is it's not done yet. I want to finish my project. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. People can find you... Obviously, on the Southern Maryland Chronicle, right? They can also yes. check you out on every Thursday on the the Gurus. Every, every Thursday night on the Gurus. Excellent. And you do your little uh, Higgy on the Beat on there, right? Correct. Uh, normally, when we don't have stay-at-home orders, I do the local music schedule um, and then do a little bit of music history, what happened on this day in music history. Um Local birthdays and you know celebrities, a few celebrity musicians' birthdays, um, and then I just, you know talk with the guys a little bit about what's going on in Southern Maryland briefly. I dig it. All right, so we'll have everybody catch you on there, and then you enjoy the rest of your day, bud. I appreciate this. This is fantastic. I'm gonna try. <laughs> Thank you. Enjoy yours also. <laughs>